What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is Brandon Kelly, the host of Blue Wire's new podcast, Golden Goal. Messi takes everybody up. Messi has got it! From Lionel Messi to Marta to Pele. Our show takes a deep dive into soccer superstars. 2-0 and is... What a World Cup for Megan Rapinoe! From Zlatan Ibrahimovic's brash confidence with the play to back it up, to Megan Rapinoe's heroic outspokenness and World Cup flair. Each episode examines a personality of the world's game. We'll dig into Maradona's Hand of God performance and subsequent downfall. The teenage trio at Dortmund that signaled the next generation of superstars. And that infamous headbutt that slung Zinedine Zidane from glory. Golden Goal. Soccer stars and the moments that made them. Premiering this summer on Blue Wire. Well, you know, you're listening to Talk Rope Nation. You might know I'm Jim Ross, the voice of AEW. And we're glad you're with us. We're going to have one hell of a podcast. No. Oh, yeah. I finished these fights. Give me a hell, yeah. Top Rope Nation. Learn to love it. It's the best thing going today. All right. What's up, guys? It's episode 157 of Top Rope Nation. AEW Fight for the Fallen is in the books. We're here to talk about it, review the show. I got Justin Joint and Kyle Ross on the line with me. Tonight, Kyle Ross, how's it going out there in Ohio? <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. Trying to throw me off. You can hit that up. It's just that was so great after our pre-show <laughs> meeting. Tell me, make sure you throw it to me right away. I got something yeah, to say. Yeah, yeah. No, I've got a, a few things on my mind. One, the Shield versus Ryback and Team Hell No. Probably a five-star match. Right up there for best match of the decade. Randy Orton and Christian over the limit 2011. Might be better than SummerSlam. And uh, when it comes to drinking beers on this show, I prefer the pint can. One 12-ounce can's never enough with you guys. <laughs> Two, I start getting a little lippy by the end. Pint <laughs> can, yes. I think, uh, is just right. What are you drinking there? It is called Cosmic 
New England IPA from Willoughby Brewing Company. Local. Okay. Justin Joint, uh, what are you drinking tonight? I think you got something a little different than usual. Yeah, I pour myself a glass of uh, Josh uh, Cabernet Sauvignon. Nice. Uh, nice. Wine doesn't normally last very long, so if, if I disappear all of a sudden, it's because I went to go grab a, a CL smoothie. <laughs> nice. I'm, I'm <laughs> betting that's going to happen before the end of the show. I, I would wager on that. I've got a local local brewery with me here, uh, Single Speed Brewing, so we're ready to go, ready to talk Fight for the Fallen. I thought it was a pretty good show, guys. I, I want to throw it around the horn like we usually do and, and grade, grade the show on the A through F scale. Uh, I think I'd give it probably a B plus. I thought it was a pretty fun show. We were texting throughout and Kyle, you threw it out there. It was already Eastern time, 920. The show was already like almost three quarters over going really, really quick. And I think when a wrestling show flies by like that, they're doing something right. So I, I really enjoyed the show. Uh, Justin, what would you give it for a grade? Yeah, it's always tough, you know, for these, you know, fighter fest and fight for the fallen that I almost feel like I have to grade it different from their normal shows. Uh, but at the same time, a lot of times I'm watching, it's like, this just feels like a normal dynamite show. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think you, you pointed out the biggest thing is it did fly by. And that does normally mean that I was watching a pretty good show. Uh, so I'll go B plus. Nice. Kyle, what do you got? B minus. You just want to be different. Don't you? No, I think there was, some good. I think there was some stuff that I could have done without. Okay. Fair enough. Looks like our, I put a, a poll out on our Twitter account at top rope nation, pretty close to with us. There hasn't been a ton of votes yet. We're at about 30 votes, but 45% are giving it a B another 31% an A. So that B plus kind of straddling the A and the B that's, it's pretty close to where the tour, the Twitter users were. So, Hey, Oof. Easy graders. I'll tell you what, man. I hope you're a little tougher on the students, Ryan. I am a little tougher than that. Okay. I, I would hopefully have. not come the fall, though. You know, I mean, again, what are we doing? Is it irrational? Person? Yes, very <laughs> irrational. But uh, yeah, so we're going to talk about it. What were the highlights? Where did the show maybe come up a little bit short? Uh, at the end of the broadcast, we're going to do extreme rules picks and uh, get to a couple mailbag questions as well that we've had sent in. But before we get to that, I do want to mention, of course, a little housekeeping. We're members of the Blue Wire Podcasting Network. If you're into sports, if you're into movies, if you're into entertainment, check out bluewirepods.com. They have the show for you. And uh, while you're at it, check out Apple Podcasts. Search for Top Rope Nation on there. Hit us with the five stars. Hit subscribe if you haven't already so that you never miss a show. We put out two shows each and every week, a Monday show and a Thursday morning show. So if you want to stay on top of it, make sure you subscribe wherever you're getting your podcast, whether that is Apple or Spotify or TuneIn or Podbean, Overcast, YouTube.com slash Top Rope Nation as well. And if you really want to be a big time supporter of the show, check out Patreon.com slash Top Rope Nation. You get bonus content over there, exclusive shows, including our most recent one, Top Rope Nation Classics, looking at King of the Ring 93. That's an exclusive show you can only hear on Patreon. There's about 20 exclusive shows over there, all kinds of other bonus content, a free gift in the mail, including a free t-shirt, all for just $5. Check it out at patreon.com slash top rope nation. All right. So guys, as we get into the show itself, 
What was the match of the night for you? I think that's always a a good way to start looking at the show. What was, what was the true highlight? I thought there was a couple really good matches tonight, but I would pick one in particular, I think, as my match of the night. Uh, Justin, what did you have as your match of the night? I thought Jurassic Express versus the Elite was kind of uh, heads and tails better than anything else. Mm-hmm. Uh, the main event was just kind of okay for me. Uh, actually, you know, and it wasn't bad by any means, but uh, FTR and the Lucha Bros, uh, a little disappointing, but I mean, you, you don't want to, uh, uh, you know, give the fans everything in the first match. So I obviously they're holding back for something down the road. Yeah, that's that's exactly where I was. Those two as my top two, but I would I would say Jurassic Express and the Elite was the best match. Um, I thought FTR and Lucha Bros started off kind of shaky. It was a little sloppy. Like Pentagon missed a he missed like on a lift very early. Even FTR was a little off to start things. I thought the second half of the match they started to kind of hit their stride a little bit, and it turned out to be a pretty good match. Uh, but yeah, the stuff with the Elite. And uh, Jurassic Express, I thought they were pretty much on the whole match, and I thought that was the match of the night for me. Kyle? Yeah, I think these wild, multi-person matches need to become a regular thing on AEW. Not necessarily every week, mm. but most weeks. Uh, we saw it with the eight-man last week, now the six-man. You know, It really differentiates uh, the promotion from WWE. Mm. And I think in some regards tonight as to why I would give the show a B minus instead of a B plus. No, I'm not trying to be contrarian. I think there were some things on tonight's show that were very WWE like. Oh yeah. You had that text about that. 2000, what'd you say? 2006 WWE, 2008 yeah. WWE, something like the that. You know, and with the FTR Lucha Bros, they actually took a spot from a Jericho Rey Mysterio match in 2009. Mm-hmm. Not that that spot hasn't probably been done before, but the whole Jericho ripping off the mask and getting the cradle. Mm-hmm. I can't exactly remember what pay-per-view that was from 2009. It was the lead up to their great match at the bash. Uh, but that was the borrowed spot. And yeah, but yeah, to answer your original question, the six band was definitely the best. I, I like that spot though, for that finish. Cause it kept mm-hmm. strong, you know, that's a good way to do it. Like they Excalibur, really put over the fact that in Mexico, that would have been a DQ, right? So they still, they look, I thought Lucha Bros looked strong in defeat there. So I, I no, like the finish. I, I like the finish. I just, you know, it was, yeah. Yeah. I had actually just watched uh, some highlights of that feud and it, it's kind of weird that there you go. There's the finish in 2020. Yeah. So after that match kind of entertaining, you had uh, the, the bucks come out trying to, uh, <laughs> Trying to make nice with FTR as they continue this slow build. So the Bucks come out. Um, they take the key from the uh, the truck that the Lucha Bros had come in on with, with the Butcher and the Blade, after they took them out with two super kicks. And they get in the ring, and Kenny Omega comes out with a, a cooler full of Miller Lite beer. They offer to have beers, and instead what happens is FTR dumps the beer on Kenny Omega, who completely loses his shit and wants to fight, but the Bucks hold him back. FTR leaves. They say they're going to drink some real beer. I like that line. And uh, they take the keys, they get in the truck, and the truck awkwardly does not start as they go to commercial. <laughs> what did you guys think of that, Justin? Uh, it was certainly awkward, at least, you know, <laughs> with, with the trucks not starting. I was like, is this planned? <laughs> What's going on here? Um, I'll be curious to see where this uh, hot angle of pouring beer out goes <laughs> go so many directions 
There's a lot of getting stuff poured on tonight. Uh, Kyle, what did you make of this? Shades of 2002 Hulk Hogan with the motorcycle. Mm. Forgot. Can't start the can't start the ride. Yeah, that was what that was uh, the first of many, I guess. Well, I guess the finish came first, but uh, yeah, I kind of like, and we'll get into it maybe a little bit more in the program. The character work from Kenny Omega tonight. Yeah, I think you. I'm going to get to this when we get to the the six man a little more in depth because I think that what happened there had to please you based on some things that uh, you've said on this podcast in the past. We'll get to that in a minute. Let's talk about that opening match here. Cause we were texting about this little divisive. Maybe we mentioned on the show last week where Cody announced he was bringing back the, the challenge for the TNT title. And at first we thought maybe we would get a surprise, but it was probably less than 10 minutes later. They announced that it was going to be sunny kiss challenging Cody that actually opened the show this week, which I thought was a little bit surprising. Uh, the two come out and they had a pretty good match. I thought, uh, I thought Cody gave Sonny kiss a lot more offense than I was expecting. Uh, and that, that was the biggest issue I had with it was that Cody is like one of the pillars of the promotion. You know, one of the top stars, if Sonny kiss was someone they had built up as a legitimate threat, it makes sense, but they've barely done anything with him. Like this entire time, this promotion has been around. So for him to come out and get that much offense, I mean, I get what they were doing. They were trying to make him into more of a star, which, which makes sense. I thought they went a little bit overboard with it, but they did have a good match. Um, I did see some comments on Twitter about this saying, Oh, that was a star making performance for Sonny kiss. I think that's, it's a little blown out of proportion. It's a little strong. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not a. I mean, anytime someone has a good match with a top star, it's not necessarily a star-making performance. Uh, people were saying that too about uh, Orange Cassidy and Jericho in the prior week, and I think that's a little more warranted there because we already know that Orange Cassidy has a, this huge fan following; he's incredibly popular, and so for him to have that really good match with a top guy like Chris Jericho makes a little more sense in that circumstance. But you know, here for we don't know what kind of reaction this would have got from the crowd or how over sunny kiss really is right now to say it's a star making performance. I think that's, that's blown out of proportion, but you know, I think as far as going out and doing what they set out to do, that was what they wanted to do. So I can't fault it too much, Kyle. And orange casters put in a main event position last week to be clear too. So it was a little bit different than the opener. Um, My, only complaint about this whole deal is we're getting a little rinse repeat with these TNT title defenses, in my opinion, where it's Cody against a mid card guy. You don't really buy as winning. And at the end of the day, the story is that good effort kid. You know, you give him a pat on the head and, you know, by God, you proved yourself that you belong in AEW and, We'll see what happens because none of the Cody challengers as of yet, and still there's a lot of time to go. You know, it's only been a couple of weeks. I've really done anything. I mean, my favorite title defense was the Ricky Starks. And remember Tony Khan, he went into, oh, we've got a plan for this guy. Mm-hmm. I'm signing right away. Well, I've seen no semblance of said plan yet. As a matter of fact, I think he's been pretty much resigned to dark. Has he not? I don't think yes. he's made another appearance on Dynamite proper. So, that's the thing. If you want to do that, it's okay. I mean, I think that's certainly one of the ele- you know, elements you want to do with these TNT title defenses. But it feels like it's kind of every week. It kind of, I would sort of like a out of nowhere, you know, one of the guys who maybe 
comes from WWE and comes in and, and gives Cody like a bigger surprise, almost. Like a Matt Cardona, Zack Ryder. They've been teasing yeah, him on Twitter again, for weeks. You don't want to do that every week either. Yeah. But you, you want to mix it up. I just feel it's been a little bit too much of that, you know, good job, good effort, kid. You really pushed me to the limit, but no one really thought you were going to win, and by God, you didn't. Mm. Yeah. yeah I, w- I would just echo what Kyle is saying. That, that was my feeling watching the match. Um, I was pleasantly surprised by it. Uh, but I, I would assume a lot of the argument is going to be like, you need to build up this mid card, you know, to make them bigger stars. And you do that using Cody. Well, if you do that every week with these mid carders and like Kyle say, they just disappear right afterwards. I mean, what are we doing? I mean, nobody truly stands out. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Call me crazy. If you want to build up a mid carder, you should have them win, not look good at a losing effort. That's a real gripe I have with modern wrestling. Mm Mm-hmm. It is still better to win than look good in a losing effort. Or do the old time limit draw, right? Give it a shorter and, time and, limit. And they did that with Darby, did they not? Yes. Against Cody. It's like yep. real early on. Yeah. And look at where he's at. Came, More yeah. on him later. Yeah, that's for sure. So let's see. What else should we hear? Well, Chris we got to talk about this Jericho promo. Okay. Because I think we may have different opinions on it. <laughs> what were you going to say, Justin, before we jump into it? I thought we were going to go talk about the highlight of the night. Okay, what was that? Vicky Guerrero coming back. Oh. Mandy. I, I'm kidding. It's just more, <laughs> as Kyle would say, cosplaying. <laughs> well, we've yeah. got two. Those are, I'd like to hit on both of them, actually. And she's been around. like She's been in the crowd, too. So it wasn't, I guess, that surprising when you think about it. I wasn't it, surprised but. at all. Some, there were people who were surmising this last week mm-hmm. that it could be Vicky Guerrero. There, there were a lot of things I did not like about the AEW women's division, actually, in this program. Maybe we can talk about that later. Let's hit this Chris Jericho thing. Since you alluded okay. to, we might have differences of opinions here. Uh, as it started out and Jericho goes into the stuff about the 18 to 49 demographic, I'm like cringing. This is, oh man, really? We're actually going to do this? Because he's been, him and Tony Khan have been vocal on Twitter about this. and. For the record, they're right. 18 to 49 is what matters. That's what the networks look at. That's where you get the TV money from. So to say that uh, NXT has been winning the ratings war, they have been doing more total viewers, but that's really not how the industry, the television industry, grades the winners. Uh, so they're right, but it it kind of comes across like really juveniles <laughs> to put yes. this on television. Now, then again, Chris Jericho, he is a heel, so it makes sense in that regard. But, like, how many people really know what he's talking about? You know, that's you can factor that into. But as this segment went on and Orange Cassidy got involved, I thought it became very entertaining. But before we get to that, do any of you guys have want to chime in on the 18 to 49 thing? Stop it <laughs> with the 18 to 49. Here's my deal when they were winning total viewers. It was about total viewers. And then all like when they started losing, but we're still winning the demo, all focus on the demo, focus on. And you're right. It may very well and probably is what the networks are looking at. But I just think it comes off as terrible to be like, well, you have more of a demo, demo, demo. I just, I don't know, man. I think it's just, it does not help the product. Yeah, were they the were they product. bragging about total use or total viewership though? Because 
I mean, they were always winning 18 to 49. <laughs> so I don't know. If yeah, but I, no one was talking about the demo when they necessarily when they were winning every week in total viewership. Yeah. It was just because you can fair. say which total yeah. viewership is just an easy thing to say, right? Right. Yeah. It's something that people don't really want to hear. And I just don't know if it helps your product as far as on screen. And as far as Jericho's character as a heel, he's kind of doing a rah-rah for AEW bit, though, as a heel. I don't know if you want to do that either. Right. Well, but he was making it about himself. That he was, the, yeah, the you know, the like demo I am god. the demo god. Yeah. Yeah, that you know, he kept saying that. And I'll be honest, maybe it's because he said it so many times, it sort of wore on me. Like I was laughing a bit, but um, I don't know. I would stay totally away from it. And I just rolled my eyes because people on Twitter were joking this afternoon when they announced Jericho will have an <laughs> interview segment, and people were like, I wonder if he's going to go into the demos. And then when he did, I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> uh, I don't. I go I do agree with you. Ryan, that once he got past that part of the promo, it did really get good when he was putting over, I don't want to wrestle against Orange Cassidy anymore. He doesn't deserve it. That was good stuff. Mm. Yeah, Go ahead, Justin. I was just going to say, uh, you know, going back to him bringing up the whole demo thing, it just kind of took me back to the Monday Night Wars, how WCW seemed kind of obsessed with what WWE was doing and you know, ruining, you know, with spoilers and kind of always bring it up while WWE just kind of concentrated on their own product. And that's the feeling it gave me watching it. It's like, you know, outside of WWE putting together Great American Bash to compete with Fighter Fest, I, I, I can't imagine any of their superstars ever talking about the ratings. Right. Yeah, for sure. I agree. So, yeah, Orange Cassidy got involved. That's when it, it kind of turned the corner, uh, I thought. So Jericho went down this train of thought about how everyone wants the rematch. The advertisers want the rematch because they won the demo <laughs> the week prior. The crowd, he says, uh, no, he's not going to give him a rematch. The crowd starts chanting, you, you scared. And he says, the demo god is never scared. So then he's out there with Inner Circle, Sans, Sammy Guevara, but all the rest of them. Do, 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 do. <laughs> They are carrying their little jugs of orange juice. And Jericho says, here's one to you and your dead career. And they pour the juice to the mat. And that's when Orange Cassidy comes out. And Jericho's running them down. You're self-entitled. You're lazy. You're a sloth. There will never be a rematch. Jericho's telling them to leave. At that point, Cassidy gives him like the lazy thumbs down. And (laughs) when that happens, orange juice falls from the sky on top of all of the inner circle. That was pretty funny. And then uh, Jericho's screaming, this jacket costs $7,000. They throw him a towel. The towel has Orange Cassidy on it. It was pretty entertaining. I like this. I like Orange Cassidy a lot. I was hoping for Batista when we got the thumbs down. The thumbs down. I, yeah, that crossed <laughs> my mind too. <laughs> so did okay. you think it turned the corner here, Justin? Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed the chunk of orange that, that was stuck in Chris Jericho's hair. Yes. Go ahead, Kyle. But did we enjoy Vince and the Spirit Squad in 2006? Like, that was the first thing that came to mind when they did this. I was like, if WWE did this, I feel people would be holding them to a different standard. Although I did enjoy the brood. So I will say that. I had a hat that had a little red splatter on it from Gangrel. Nice. When he did the, I had a, like a second row seat at a house show. 
One of the greatest entrances in wrestling history, I, I believe, but I digress. I'll, I'll throw myself under the bus here. Kind of embarrassing. It was one of those FU hats, Fordham oh, University. No. That's embarrassing. I should be ashamed of myself uh. for purchasing that. You know, F- back when they had the, like, the little white hats with the funny slogans on Yeah. Yeah. I had F- the FU? I had the uh, Brew U was the one I had. Everyone had those. Yeah. Justin, did you have the Cox one for South Carolina or no? <laughs> no, I've got class. Okay. <laughs> my hat. Hey, my hat's off to you. I just, um, I don't know. I, I just immediately thought of that. You know, okay. it, the, the, I think your brain goes there because, like, that's the worst case scenario of of this uh, this gimmick pouring stuff on people. I mean, but if it fits in the story, it's not bad. You know, Kyle or uh, Ryan brought up the brood. That was always cool. You had the moment with Austin getting blood dumped on because wasn't that going into the match with Kane, the first blood? So mm-hmm. it just kind of made sense. Mm-hmm. And you know, the whole orange juice thing, Orange Cassidy. I mean, it's it is a little lame, but it at least makes sense. What yeah. about when Vince had poop dumped on him? Oh, I prefer to forget that one. <laughs> 2006 WWE, everybody. Yes. <laughs> but I thought it was entertaining. <laughs> then you get Jericho on commentary the rest of the night, and he was pretty entertaining on commentary, especially right when he got on. Uh, he got there. He's like, he said this quote. He says, this guy wants to laugh at me, you little sawed-off runt. I thought that was a great line. <laughs> oh, well. That's funny that he would say that because what did Triple H call Jericho in the promo after Jericho beat Triple H for the title in 2000? He called him a sawed-off runt. Yeah. What a callback that is. <laughs> I'd like to think Jericho has been waiting 20 years. Yes. Jericho turns to Excalibur. He says, you know what? You can purchase on awshop.com. My foot up your ass, you idiot. That was great. <laughs> so... <laughs> I thought he vacillated between really funny and taking away from the match at times, Jericho. First. Yeah. I, there were funny lines, but there were times yeah. he, he was doing that screaming bit where it felt like he was just talking over the other two and mm-hmm. kind of doing, look at me. But he would then get it back to the action to his credit. I think, you know, that six man that we all said was very good. Um, it was good. It was so good that Jericho basically, you know, kind of had to, you know, put it over. He had no choice to put it over. Yeah, it is. Uh, inner Morrow kind of came out a little bit when he was talking about how he had sticky fingers, <laughs> <laughs> making a reference to the yeah, too many pop culture references. Yes, all right. Uh, <laughs> he thought that's right. That yes, he did do that. <laughs> so we'll finish this up here in just a second. And get to our extreme rules picks. Before we do, I got to throw a shout out to our sponsors, and that's the good folks over at Bet Online. Sports are coming back, and so are your chances to bet on your favorite teams and events. And there's no better place to start than our exclusive partners, Bet Online. Get in on the action for this week's big UFC fight, or check out odds on NASCAR, Formula One, and the Premier League. Can't wait for your team to come back. Bet Online has futures odds, including win totals, division winners, and even league championships. Or check out daily simulations of Madden and NBA 2K to watch and wager on. Visit betonline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus. That's promo code BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online wagering experts. 
right. So that pretty much brings us to I have the two six- more things. Just two more yeah. things, if okay. I may. If Go I ahead. um good storytelling. We took you referenced Kenny Omega and stuff that I would like potentially earlier in the show. Mm-hmm. I really did love the post-match where he got aggressive and started acting heelish. Yeah. Uh, against Jurassic, but that was really good. And then you had Hangman Page and FTR drinking together at the bar. I thought there was some good stuff they were doing storytelling wise, you know, Hey, where are they going for the future? Because it's very clear when you look at the three single stars, of the elite Cody, Hangman, and Omega, one of them down the road has to do a big time. Mm. I don't know which one it is. And Cody, by the way, did work a little heelish tonight. I don't know if you caught that. Yes. But one of them will have, so I thought that was good storytelling. And the last thing I want to mention, the John Moxley promo he cut uh, before the match with Brian Cage. Uh, I, my wife was down there watching. I was like, hey, just, you know, his wife, who works for WWE, uh, got COVID-19 and he's, you know, had to miss TV for a couple weeks. And she goes, oh, so he couldn't play? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh my God. I, I just had to mention that. I was like, I just look, I just like look, I'm like, oh no. Yeah. Well, that that's exactly what I thought you would like because we've all said this, but you've been very vocal that Omega needs to be the heel eventually and Paige needs to be the face. And that's what that's they're clearly leaning that way with how this played out. I think of the three, he would be the most intriguing to turn. I don't know if it's right yet, because we'll see where they go. But I think he'd be the most intriguing because Cody is the guy. Yeah, Cody's kind of the guy, right? That right, wrong, or otherwise, people look as the heart and soul of AEW. So people are always going to kind of love him Mm -hmm. in that regard. And then Paige is just, you know, when there were crowds, he was super popular. So I think there's a spot for Omega if he wants to stand out to do it. So yeah, yeah, that was interesting stuff. Yeah. So. Match of the night for sure. Worth checking out. There was a squash match with the Nightmare Sisters, which is Allie and Brandy. They got a victory there. I'm not Nyla sure how came... I feel about that act. Yeah, it's, I don't know. It's whatever. <laughs> they're, they're not going to really stand out at this point in the women's division. But uh, and there's no women's tag titles, so there, it doesn't really serve too much of a purpose. Yeah, I, I would assume it's going to be some sort of breakup with QT and Allie. You know, Allie yeah. kind of brainwashing QT to turn against the nightmare family. We should also point out Ivelisse has been hired by yeah. all elite wrestling. She is elite. Mm-hmm. That was a controversial signing in some circles, but next week she's it, wrestling. They announced yeah, it's a division that lacks depth. So they had to get somebody. Yeah. So the main event, Brian cage with Taz next to him, of course, taking on jo- the returning John Moxley, as Kyle mentioned, and uh, they got a good amount of TV time. I thought, uh, Pretty good match for what they needed to do. Haven't seen Moxley in a long time, so it was good to see him. Uh, Moxley got in the offense early. Then uh, Cage comes back pretty much after they had they had set up the ringside barrier up against the, the ring. And then Cage took Moxley and German suplexed him onto the metal. And then Cage was on offense for a long, long time. Cage... When Moxley came back, Cage kicked out of the paradigm shift, and I thought they explained that well by saying that, you know, Taz had said that Moxley couldn't beat him with the paradigm shift because he's so built up, so muscular up in his Taz's neck. tips or whatever that thing was. I thought that was great a couple yes. weeks ago. That was really good. Uh, and so, yeah, I mean, that that's putting him over strong to let him kick out of the paradigm shift, and then Moxley puts on this arm bar, 
and he has it on for a really long time. They're, they're talking about the injured, the repaired bicep that Brian Cage has. He was out like five months with his injury. Moxley's really cinching it in. You got Taz at ringside who's trying to coach him out of it, telling him to roll through. They rolled all over the place, but Moxley never let go. And eventually, Taz throws in the towel, which makes sense because, I mean, if you think about it, it wouldn't have been right, I don't think, to have Moxley lose the title. You want to keep no. Brian Cage strong. So you, he, does, he doesn't give up, but you've got Taz throwing in the towel strategically because he doesn't want him to tear his bicep again. You know, so he's playing the long game here. He has to explain to Brian Cage that, look, I had to do this because I don't want to be out of action for five, five or six months ago. So I like the finish and I thought it was it was a good main event. Justin, what did you think of the finish? And do you like this? Oh, uh, yeah, it made a lot of sense and protected everybody involved. Uh, I agree with everything you said. OK, Taz cosplaying Arnold Scullin. Yeah, <laughs> I, I liked the bit a lot where going back to that promo Moxley cut where he brought up the bicep injury and then he made that his strategy for the match. That was really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then afterwards you had uh Brian cage attack Moxley from behind with the FTW belt, which we're going to be talking about in our mailbag here in just a second. And uh, had a question about that. The lights go out, come back on. It's the returning Darby Allen, as we said, who makes the save and for Moxley. And that's how we went off the air. So pretty noteworthy addition of dynamite, AKA fight for the fallen. Good show worth checking out. I enjoyed myself two hours of good wrestling and, to me, more enjoyable, I guess, outside of NXT than most WWE shows have been in quite some time. I mean, <laughs> by far. I, I mean, I, it's my understanding that you were forced to watch Friday Night SmackDown. <laughs> I was. I got paid, Ooh. you know, covering it for comic book. But yes, it was, that good. was that a program? And I'll tell you what, Monday Night Raw, one much better. Yeah. I, I like Darby coming in and being a diversion for Cage because otherwise, like, if Cage just has nothing really to do and he's lost a world title match, you know, it gives the illusion of, well, this guy's loose. But if he has another program to immediately go into, that's good booking. Mm. That's something that you always used to get in wrestling. And I think promotions aren't good enough at in 2020. Yeah, I agree. So we wanted to do really quick, we're just going to go through this very, very briefly, but the Extreme Rules card. We only have six matches as we record this. They could add some uh, by Sunday, but just very briefly give you our predictions on the winners of each and every match. WWE's pay-per-view on Sunday night. What is this pay-per-view called? Oh, the horror show at extreme rules. They've changed the order of the words too. It was previously extreme rules, the horror show. And now it's the horror show at extreme rules. What is this show? (laughs) This our show is objective. So we should, I want to say one thing is a callback to our, in your house, uh, podcast that we did when we talked about the history of that particularly paper of that pay-per-view series. I do actually like how they're giving these pay-per-view names subtitles. Now that said, the horror show was pretty awful. Not a good time to bust that name out. Nope. <laughs> and it appears the WWE's new strategy with B shows is promise something that we can't possibly deliver like greatest match ever or a wrestler loses an eyeball. <laughs> Yes. A lot of CGI apparently going to go into that finish. WWE? <laughs> oh, yeah. Don't tell me this promotion's still running. <laughs> As of right now, we are not planning on doing a review of the show. There's, 
well, there's scheduling reasons. I'm not going to be able to watch the show live. Justin's not going to be able to watch the show live. And by the time we put the show out, uh, it'd probably be dated. So we are not going to do a review oh, of this pay-per-view, but I'm sure it'll Kyle. come up. <laughs> I was going to beg you guys to do it for next week. I mean, maybe Kyle will do an individual review of it. And we'll post it on Patreon or something, but <laughs> as of right now, what else am I doing? <laughs> yeah. As of right now, we're not planning on it. So unfortunately right. I'll forget to turn the mic on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so eye for an eye Rollins and Mysterio uh, I guess I'm going to pick Rollins because Mysterio still hasn't agreed to a contract with WWE and for that reason I'm picking Rollins round the horn who you guys got I mean I guess you could throw a weird contact onto Rey Mysterio to explain it um, I don't know if they really want to make Rollins look like a pirate f- for the con- I, I, I don't know this is so dumb I, this is just yeah. so dumb it's really dumb. <laughs> an eye for an eye? Whoever what? asked for this? Nobody asked for this. We no, don't want uh, this. Yeah. they're. It's funny because if it was a normal match, I would absolutely pick Seth Rollins 110%. Mm-hmm. But like, I'm wondering if they have like something planned for him, you know, like, you know, as a pirate. But yeah, I guess I'll pick Seth Rollins. All right. Wyatt Swamp Fight. This will be a cinematic match as well. More like Swamp Ass. <laughs> Both of these are cinematic <laughs> matches, evidently. Uh, non-title, by the way. So for that reason, I mean, you think this isn't going to be the last one between the two of them and that we're going to get a title match. So I guess I'm going to pick Bray Wyatt for that yeah. reason because I don't mm-hmm. know how you have Wyatt lose and then transition to a title match between the two. So. Yeah, it just it would be asinine if to have a non-title match and to have Wyatt lose again. So I mean, I'm going Bray Wyatt. Then again, this is Bray Wyatt who they've screwed over with booking touche. for years. So touche. Who knows? I guess. But Kyle, he's it's not the fiend to be clear. Correct. 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 They could have him lose and say it wasn't the fiend. I guess that is how they think. It, it, it all depends on, I guess, if they are going to do another match. I'm not necessarily convinced they're going to do another match. I quite frankly don't want them to do another match. I think we're getting it at SummerSlam. Has it come to this? Unfortunately. <laughs> but here's the thing. If, if you're doing another match, does he do it as the Fiend? And then the Fiend would lose. And I don't think you want to lose the Fiend. I'm going to go Braun Strowman. Just to be different. This time I am just being different, right? All right. <laughs> the B minus came from the soul. This is just coming from the contrarian point of view. The anus. Uh, <laughs> and when it comes down to the it, it's like, ass. does it even really matter? And the no, fact that we don't care. In this, promotion. And this is nothing one of their world champions. Promotion. And it's yes. one of their world champions. Like, well, oh my God. Just terrible. All right. U.S. title. We got Cruz, Apollo Cruz defending against MVP. I'll go with Apollo. Retaining. Yep. Yeah. It's, I, <laughs> I mean, hey, I, God I got, bless him. MVP. He's doing a great job as a manager. There is zero justification for that man to be the United States champion yeah. in 2020. Hey, just, just out of curiosity, going backwards, just a pinch. If for some reason, all you knew coming out of this show is that either the swamp fight or the eye for, and I like the reaction from the Twitterverse was one of these was amazing. Which one would you guess it was? Oh, that's a great question. Probably eye for an eye, just because of the people involved. I think it's 
see. See what an intro, what an ironic <laughs> word that is. Um, I'm gonna go. I'll go the other way. Swamp fight, just because I think maybe there will be more smoke and mirrors. Because the I, eye for an eye is just gonna be two dudes trying to take each other's eye out, which sounds really cool. Okay, Vader and Stan Hansen did a hell of a job thirty <laughs> years ago. This ain't gonna be Vader and Stan Hansen, folks. It's the yeah. Monday Night Messiah. What do you think, Justin? Uh, I would probably say the swamp fight, just because I don't know how you can possibly <laughs> pay off the I four nine. Dude, it's gonna be so bad. Like cinematic, so it's just gonna boing, be CGI boing. for sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that shit is cheesy, man. Come on now. I mean, if you're gonna then work though with a patch on or something like, oh, they surgically put the eye back in, like. How can Mysterio work with a patch with a mask? He's his field of vision is already restricted. I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I feel Ray like Mysterio Rollins has to win that won match. the eye for an eye match. Yeah. <laughs> All right. The SmackDown women's title, Bailey, Nikki Cross. Can't take the title off Bailey. She's nope. been really good lately, I think. Her and Sasha have been by far the best thing. Yes. On WWE television. That is a weeks. great take by you. The state of men's wrestling and world wrestling entertainment is absolutely putrid. Uh, but Sasha and Bailey have carried this uh, company over the last month. I do want to say, two and a half years ago, Top Rope Nation calling for that Bailey heel turn. This is why much, uh, much better than what she was doing previously. It's a really good act, mm-hmm. and they should not rush to break them up because it's a promotion that doesn't have a lot of good acts. Yeah. And if and in that you don't want to break the one good one up, yeah. So. Do we all got Bailey? Anyone going opposite? Yeah, nope. 100% agree with you guys. Okay. Asuka and Sasha Banks. So here's Sasha trying to hold two belts simultaneously alongside Bailey. And I think I'm going to pick, I would be entertaining if they did have all the women's gold. I think I'm going to pick Asuka, though, kind of keep that uh, a little bit of jealousy with Sasha building here, probably. What do you guys think? Yeah. Um, yeah I, I just think if you put all the gold on, Sasha and Bailey, you're just minimizing the interest. Whereas I think if you if you keep Asuka with one of the titles and maybe put her in a feud and maybe maybe you do something with Bailey and Sasha, um, you can drag up the entertainment a little bit longer. Yeah. All right. And the final match, the WWE title match, Drew McIntyre defending against Kyle's favorite. A man who I will be interviewing for comicbook.com Thursday morning, Dolph Ziggler. I have I'm, some questions for you. I'm told it's his only domestic interview in advance of uh, Extreme Rules on Sunday. He's doing a few foreign interviews. This will be his only domestic interview, Kyle. So, yeah, maybe you'll have to shoot me those questions. Uh, Drew McIntyre obviously <laughs> winning here. So, no question about it. Did you know these two have only? I got to tell you, did you? I just was doing some research for this interview. Did you know those two have only had six single matches ever? Think about how long they've like shared. They've been involved with each other, or like been in the company together. That includes house shows, Uh, four televised matches, two house show matches. That's it. It's it's kind of sad that that's like not much. No, like like oh, they've only wrestled six times. Well, I mean, I'm talking house shows too. I figured, yeah, that's because I searched first for TV matches, and they had had like four TV matches. I think three in December 2018, and one on SmackDown in like 2013. But I figured once I filtered the results with house shows, there'd be like a dozen of them, and only two house show matches. That kind of surprised me. I have a few questions. One, 
Remember when Dolph Ziggler inexplicably handed Drew McIntyre his first loss since coming back to W for absolutely no reason at the end of 2017, or pardon me, 2018? That made no sense. And uh, here's another question. I probably wouldn't ask this one if I were you (laughs) on Friday. Why is Dolph Ziggler getting a world title shot in the year 2020? (laughs) I I, I gotta say, though, at least there's a couple problems with this, though. (laughs) Well, there's many problems with this. With we what, the title fall- shot or the position you're in right now? <laughs> we often fault WWE for no long-term storytelling. At least they're calling back to the fact that they had that tag team in 2018. Although, wasn't they it They kind strange? of blew it off. It, yeah, so it's strange that Ziggler shows up on Raw and McIntyre's like, oh, hey, man, hey, buddy, how's it going? Like, they split up. They 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 had like three raw matches in December yes. of 2018. They had a cage match. Yes. I think on like the New Year's Eve show. They hated each other. Like they've split up. So why would Ziggler show up and be like, and Drew's like, hey, hey, what's going on, buddy? Like, that doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't. <laughs> but they are calling back that they had a tag team. But yeah, I mean, Jesus. Come on. It's just like, oh yeah, remember when these guys teamed? Of course you don't. So, like they just like assume you don't remember when they teamed up a year ago. They want and you to remember ago. they tag team, but they don't want you to remember the entire like storyline they blew it off with, I guess. Which yeah, you know, whatever. They were a good team, by the way. And let's not forget the TBD stipulation here. Yes. I'm which, going to again, try to get some clues from him in that interview tomorrow. Which okay. again, WWE. I don't. Do you think it's gonna be anything cool, or it's gonna be a bummer? <laughs> it's gonna be the leg for a leg match. Okay, the oh, no more super go. kicks. No, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> actually, uh, Drew will also have to wrestle exclusively like Shawn Michaels and Mister Perfect. That's gonna be the match. he can only do Shawn and, and Kurt's. Spots. Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know, but definitely Drew McIntyre. Everyone agree? Yeah. All right. If so, they put over Dolph Ziggler in that match, I'm not doing a show ever again. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. So we got a ton of mailbag questions, guys, and we're going to hit a lot of these on Monday, but I did want to get to just two of them tonight real quick. Uh, So again, it's been a couple weeks ago. We brought back the mailbag segment and uh, it's a lot of fun. I've sent out several stickers already. Uh, If you want a free Top Rope Nation sticker, all you got to do, send it an email, a question. It can be about anything. Old school wrestling, what's going on now, whatever you want. Questions about the show itself, topropenation at gmail.com. And if we read your question on the air, we'll send you that free Top Rope Nation sticker in the mail. All you got to do is send in a question. So two of them here to, to cap off this broadcast, and then we will save several of them for Monday's show. First one comes from Randall in Ottawa, Canada. I just sent hey, off his sticker like two days ago, by the way. So he'll be getting that very soon. I mentioned this earlier. He says, quote, question concerning the belt Taz displayed on AEW and gave to Brian Cage. The belt originated in ECW created by Paul Heyman. WWE purchased ACW and owns its intellectual property. Would WWE own this belt and could they sue if they chose to? So a real brief answer here. They cannot sue. In fact, Taz owns the copyright on that belt and it's Yes. Research yes. that yeah over the last couple of days. So yeah, that's why he could use it. It is the very same belt that uh, he used in ECW that has Taz imprinted on the plate, top and center. Which, by the way, when Sabu had the belt briefly, he was very pissed about that, and uh, he put a piece of tape and wrote in Sharpie Sabu at the top of the belt. But yeah, it's the same belt. So, but that's why Taz owns the copyright. 
other question, and I'll throw this one to you guys. This, this comes from a buddy of Kyle's, Greg, longtime listener from Ohio. Greg writes, what was the worst licensed song used as theme music, either for a wrestler or a wrestling program? So he mentions licensed song. So I'm assuming he means like an actual song that was used. Anyone have a good answer for this one? Was, and I know nothing about Nickelback, but that raw song that yeah. they used was that an actual nickelback song because the answer is always nickelback yes <laughs> yes that, yeah. that was one of their songs yeah there are a lot of awful awful third wave grunge songs wwe used in the 2000s like all of those songs were like uh Shine Down, Three Days Grace, mm -hmm. Puddle of Mud. Yeah. No offense if you like those songs. They're very bad. <laughs> they are very bad. Yeah. I like the way you smack my ass. <laughs> oh, my God. I totally <laughs> forgot about that one. <laughs> oh, that was so bad. Oh, man. So bad. <laughs> uh, the singer of Puddle of Mud, I think, looks alarmingly like Edge. Yeah. I could see that. <laughs> I always thought that it bothered me. <laughs> I don't know. How, yeah, I think I think it's Nickelback. It has to be Nickelback. I'll go with that too. You talk about not being cool. Nickelback is your theme song <laughs> for your flagship show. Yeah, real You're bad. Like 2008. Real bad. Well, I want to think about this a little bit more. There's got to be like, oh wait a minute, wait a minute. How about some of these songs NXT uses? Have you heard this music? Well, we did rag on some of the theme song, like show theme songs they've used in the past. I do remember that. I, I, I couldn't even name it. them off the top of yeah, my head. Yeah, I, mean, I don't even know the names. That's the problem. I don't know the names of the songs. The new like, metal feel, stuff. Yeah, I feel like all of the new metal that they have used over the last 15 years, uh, to put it politely, is dog shit. Yes. <laughs> all right. Uh, something well, that's not dog shit and... A Jericho callout. I, I see that because Justin has Brett Michaels written on uh, as his name here on our Zoom call. <laughs> Keeps changing their name. Earlier was no. Kyle still has Sunny Kiss fan club. Yes, yes. But Justin, did you catch Jericho's Firehouse reference? No, I missed that one. He said, "Bye, bye, baby, bye, bye." That was all she wrote. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. He did have a firehouse service. I, I was maybe the only person who got that. Please <laughs> nice. even tweet the show if you also recognize that as a firehouse lyric. Yes. At Top Rope Nation on Twitter. At Top Rope Nation on Instagram. You can find us on Facebook as well. I'm at Ryan Drosty. He's at TRP Kyle at Justin Joint. Like I said, you want a free sticker, topropenation at gmail.com. Send in a question for the mailbag. If we read it on the air, we'll send you that. Free of charge in the mail. And they're nice stickers, too. They're not the real cheap things. These are die-cut stickers. It's, mm. it's the high-dollar stuff. So you're getting a good sticker. All you got to do is send in a question. And also, hey, you want a T-shirt? Five bucks will get you a Top Rope Nation T-shirt. Retail on these. And by the way, it's a soft style. So the retail is like $25 for five bucks a month on our Patreon page. Bonus content. Be a big-time supporter of the show. Patreon.com slash top rope nation until the end of july get yourself a free t-shirt that comes with the sticker as well so i'm not wearing a top rope nation shirt tonight and often i do during the podcast mm -hmm. i am wearing a 
Philly Spectrum T-shirt. I hope Bill Mass is listening tonight. That is very nice. A good friend, yes. Uh, yeah, this is the first time we've done a, a Zoom video call while recording in many, many months. I, I'm planning, I think, on putting this up on our YouTube page. We'll see. But that's the plan right now. So, uh, again, I want to throw this out there. Subscribe to us on YouTube, even if you don't use YouTube that much. <laughs> YouTube.com slash Top Rope Nation. We got to get to a 1,000 followers on there so we can monetize our content. They didn't used to have that rule. Now they do. I think we have about 350, something like that, followers on YouTube. We need to get to 1,000. So, guys, go to our YouTube page, hit subscribe. We'll be posting bonus content over there as well as a video feed of the show. So if you listen to the podcast feed and you want to see it in action, check it out over there. So with that said, this has been episode 157, Top Rope Nation. Hopefully you guys enjoyed AEW tonight, and hopefully you can get a little enjoyment out of Extreme Rules this weekend. Subscribe where we're taking an eyeball. Yes. (laughs) Bye-bye, baby, bye-bye. That was all she wrote. (laughs)